more people every day are ditching animal products, embracing plant-based foods, and speaking up for what matters. With my experience as an international instructor for vegan nutrition and an award-winning author, I interview experts, innovators, and celebrities about the global movement towards a plant-based future. Do you want to learn how to combat the injustice in our food system affecting your health, the animals, and the planet? Well, you're in the right place. It all starts here with Eating Like You Give a Damn. Welcome to the Eating Like You Give a Damn podcast, the place to discover your passion for plant-based living one bite at a time. I'm your host, Stephanie Harder. It's November, you guys, and you know what that means. We're sliding into home base with the holidays. And here in the U.S., that means we have Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa as well, just around the corner. So if you're wondering about what a holiday meal looks like without the animal as the centerpiece or the side items dripping in butter or cream, then this guest has gotcha covered. Today, we're chatting with Ashley Kitchens a registered dietitian nutritionist, licensed dietitian nutritionist, and nutrition coach who takes a holistic approach to creating lifelong wellness for her clients. She earned her Master's of Public Health and Nutrition from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill many years ago, and she's the founder of Plant-Centered Prep, where she empowers individuals to live a healthier, more plant-based lifestyle. Ashley believes that a positive outlook on life combined with a positive relationship to food produce the energy and vitality necessary to fuel a joyful life. Although she grew up on an Angus cattle farm in Indiana where meat was a central part of her diet, she has an infectious enthusiasm for eating plant-based and helping others make the shift too. When she's not checking in with clients, on the road visiting nursing homes, or meal prepping for the week, you might find her walking her dogs in downtown Durham, sweating it out at a CrossFit session, or making delicious plant-based dishes for friends and family. In this chat, we get into how Ashley reversed her chronic GI issues that caused her incredible discomfort bloating, fatigue, and constipation for so many years of her life. As a dietitian, her take on what she calls headliner diets and what the research consistently shows regarding proper nutrition, she provides clarity on which carbohydrate-rich foods are okay for diabetics. And I can tell you it's not the conventional wisdom that you're probably familiar with hearing and some incredible tips for anyone just starting down the plant-based path. And even if you've been traveling this road of transition for a while, I think you'll still get some really great insights from Ashley that you might not have thought about before. Plus, we dish up ideas for Thanksgiving and discuss some of the challenges that often pop up for new vegans during the holidays. So be sure to perk up your ears for that. Before we dive in with Ashley, if you are a vegan or plant-based coach or wellness practitioner and you want help with getting clients and growing a thriving coaching practice, I started a Facebook group just for you. Whether you just graduated or are trying to figure out how to attract your ideal clients consistently while loving your work and the impact that you're creating in the world, Head to eatinglikeyougiveadam.com forward slash coaching and request to join. And now it's time to talk turkey with Ashley Kitchens. What's up, Ashley Kitchens? I'm so excited to have you here on the show. How are you, girl? Excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited for you to be here too, because we are going to get into some really good stuff here. We are in the month of Thanksgiving, so I'm excited to talk all things, you know, holiday food with you. And, uh, and of course, you know, in the vegan community, we like to refer to Thanksgiving now as Thanksgiving, because we like to save these turkeys, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. <laughs> Very cool. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, you being a registered 
uh, nutritionist, dietitian. You are the plant-centered prep, which is really incredible. So I'm excited for listeners to to really get to know you on a personal level and to uh, start to show them the value that you can offer with them and, and talk to about talk about your coaching and things like that. So, but let's dive into a little bit about why you got into a plant based diet and lifestyle in the first place. So, what was life like for you growing up? Where'd you grow up? And and what was your idea about health back then? And then what was that moment that you had that that kind of led you down this path? I love unpacking this. This is like one of my favorite things to talk about because we all come from such different backgrounds. Totally. And so it's just one of my favorite things to discuss. So I actually grew up in rural Indiana and I currently live in North Carolina. But growing up, I grew up actually on an Angus cattle farm. So my dad got out of the corporate world. He moved us out to a farm out in the country, bought about 100 acres and wanted to start raising cattle for beef. So for the purposes of not only just for our family, but for other people too. So he got in like the business of raising Angus cattle and Highland cattle to sell for meat. And so that was a massive part of my childhood and my growing up. Um, I basically grew up on this farm, not only eating meat as a predominant part of my diet, but my mom was also big into gardening as well. And it's funny, I'll fast forward just a little bit. The whole reason we moved out there was because of the year 2000. So Y2K was sort of this big scare. And so my parents wanted to make sure that just in case anything were to unfold, you know, with it going from 1999 to 2000, that we were basically living on this very sustainable farm. And so with that, we had many cattle. So we had about 70 head of cows. Um, and those cows were bred purposely to give birth to, cal uh, to calves, which we end up eating for meat. And so we had that going. And then my mom was a huge gardener, canner as well. So we had a lot of vegetables growing up. So it was a very wonderful childhood. I loved growing up in a farm. I will say to date, like my favorite animal is a cow because they are just such gentle giants. I didn't know anything about them, you know, until I moved out um, onto this farm and we started raising them, but they were just such incredible creatures. I actually showed them in 4-H and just participated a lot in rearing them and um, just spending a lot of time, you know, feeding them and being out there, making sure that they were being taken care of. So that was a big part of my childhood. But in the midst of all that, I was having a lot of GI issues and my parents didn't know why. Of course, I didn't know why because I was young. And because of that, I ended up, you know, was on a lot of medication. Um, I struggled incredibly with chronic constipation. So I was getting a lot of suppositories, laxatives, different things just to help keep things moving because I would go weeks at a time without going to the bathroom and my parents had no idea what was going on. And that, in a way, led me to loving food and pursuing food as a potential career, there was just always something that drew me to food and my passion for food. And I didn't quite know why. And I'll let you know like how I came to that later on. But as I grew up, I continued sort of down this path of not knowing why I was struggling with these chronic issues of constipation, bloating, fatigue, like my stomach always just being upset until I went to school to become a dietitian. Um, just because it was a, a passion of mine. I love food. And I was like, well, how can I merge the two to <laughs> basically turn food into a career? And after doing that, I wasn't plant-based at the time. So I went to school for nutrition and didn't really learn or fully grasp food as a form of medicine or as a form of like preventing certain diseases. Um, and so it wasn't until afterwards, until I basically was sick of being chronically constipated. I was sick of feeling sick all the time with my GI issues. So I started doing some research and just trying to figure out, okay, am I going to just spend the rest of my life on medication and basically just go down this road? Or is there some alternative form that I can take or some alternative path that I can take to help heal myself? And so that's basically what led me into researching plant-based and different forms of um, ways to heal my body with food. And so honestly, I went from eating this very meat-centric diet to starting to cut out red meat in particular and cow's milk. And I just, I had immediate relief. I mean, it was like 
night and day difference. And I was like, okay, there's something to this, you know, Stephanie, it was just like, there's something, my eyes were open to something that I had never seen before. And so Mm -hmm. I basically continued to pursue this path of eating more plants and scaling back on my meat and dairy consumption. And the more I did that, the better and better I felt. I mean, better than I ever had in my entire life. And I was like, okay, well, I am never going back to where I was because I was like, I feel way too good, you know, heading down this path that I'm on to go back to the other path that I was on, which was chronic constipation, feeling bloated all the time, my stomach constantly being in knots and being on medication as well. So that's basically, yeah. yeah, that's basically what led me to like research plant-based and just like eating more plants in general. And then, like I said, like the more I did it, the better I felt. And I was like, I, I can't go back to my other way of living. So. Yeah, totally. And I can totally like relate to that, like 100%. Like my first motivation was, was the, the connection to animals that I made, you know, the animals being, you know, on my plate and, and that kind of hit my heart. And, but then once I started implementing more plants and started to learn how to, uh, you know, all the different, you know, foods in the plant-based world. Because at first I thought all plants were like canned, right? I thought they all came from the can. You know, I grew up on that Southern diet, girl, like, you know, the canned green beans and corn and all that stuff. And so I (laughs) I was like, what is that? A salad was like, you know, iceberg lettuce with some dried up shredded veggies, you know, like if, Mm -hmm. if you got lucky, if there was any, any, you know, color in that iceberg lettuce. So um, and then it was drenched in ranch dressing. So that of was course. salad to me back then. <laughs> so, but like once I started learning these things, like I, I too came from a background, huge digestive upsets, big time. And uh, and like all of a sudden I just woke up one day. I was like, oh, my God, it's all gone. Like nobody ever told me. My doctors never told me. They tried, they put me on medication. They said this was something I was going to have to deal with my whole life. The bloating, the discomfort, the backing up for like days, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, oh yeah, just here's some medicine, take some dieters tea when you feel like you need it. And that's it. That's all you got to do. I know. I hear you. Oh my goodness. The relief, it was profound. And I will say kind of what you were saying, it was like, how did I not make this connection sooner? Because growing up, I loved my little calves. Like, oh my gosh, I love these animals so much. And so it's like, I'm glad I made the connection just in general, but I'm like, wow, how did I not make a connection sooner? Because they are just such incredible creatures. And two, it was like, I just, I felt so good when I started cutting that stuff out. I was like, man, I could have felt so much better earlier on, but it's okay. It happened. And I'm happy that it happened. So yeah, true, true. Yeah. It often, it all unfolds like differently for everybody. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's the whole point of this show is to kind of highlight, you know, everybody's so different, you know, like, like our motivations are different, the way things unfold for us, the way we learn things, it's just different. But like, why, just out of curiosity, why do you think that like you had a hard time making that connection, you know, growing up around animals and, and, you know, having that love for them and, you know, especially the cows and everything. I know like, it had to be heart wrenching on some level when you had to say goodbye at some point. Right. And did you really know consciously like what was in store for them afterwards? Yeah. I mean, I I will say I did because I, um, when I would show my calves in 4-H, like I, at the end would sell them and I knew exactly where they were headed. And it was really sad because I knew where they were going, but at the same time, and this is just ignorance on my part. It's like, I didn't know any other way. I didn't make that connection. And I will say, like, I didn't even know what a vegan was until I came down to North Carolina when I was, you know, in my mid-20s. It's just, it was crazy how this was just part of our culture and I didn't challenge it by any means. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, totally understand that. And then, um, you know, since you mentioned you're in North Carolina, too, uh, I know that you and I kind of like started to talk about this just a little bit. And I was like, oh, let's 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 see if we can kind of unravel this, too, because you get to uh, you, you've got some experience seeing, you know, some of the factory farming there in North Carolina. I know that's something that's hit the news you know, since our last big hurricane that rolled through, right? And, you know, some of the repercussions from uh, the animal waste, you know, leaching into like just other people's lives in one form or another, whether it's, you know, through the air, whether it's through the water, you know, what's your experience kind of seeing that being there in North Carolina? Yeah, that's a really good question because I, I live right in the middle of North Carolina. And when we do go out to the beach, we obviously, we drive through those eastern 
North Carolina rural um, countryside. And I will say these factory farms are very well hidden. So off the main highway, you cannot see them. You literally have to go miles off the highway in order to see them. But I will say without even seeing them, driving east, you know, from where I'm at to the beach, like you can definitely smell um, the factory farming, the, the pollution and the waste that you're talking about. It's definitely a very strong smell and you can't miss it from that standpoint. So even if you can't see it, you know it's there. And obviously there is a lot of talk around those rural communities because it's just a really, really tough and unfortunate situation. Um, and the, yeah, just like things that are going on over there. That's And that's got to be so, so rough. I know I've seen some documentary footage, um, you know, with the people, the communities, like, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, to to look at it from like, say, the animal's perspective, which is hard enough as it is for someone who's empathetic to that. But then also, you know, at the human level, when we're thinking about our own humanity, and we think about the people in the communities that are right there experiencing so many illnesses as a result of, you know, the, the, the contamination from, I mean, you think about all of like the, the antibiotics, the hormones, like all of the stuff that goes on with maintaining an animal in captivity, you know, to be bred for food. And, and all of that stuff is released in their waste. It's going into the water. It's, it's being sprayed over the fields. It's being, you know, just, it's really, really like upsetting to see how many people are also affected too. So really there's a lot mm -hmm. of injustice going on in so many levels when it comes to uh, factory farming. Oh yeah. 100%. I mean, the injustice is, is unbelievable. And yes, we can watch it on the news and then we can turn the news off and then that's fine. But like, I have had friends who have gone out and helped support these communities and, and they'll say like, you literally have no idea what it's like until you're immersed in these communities, until you're serving these communities, you know, face to face, coming face to face with these people who have to live in these situations. I mean, you, you really just, you truly can't fully grasp it unless you're in it. I mean, it is, it's, it is unjust, like you're saying, and it's it's really, really, really sad. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, thank goodness for your people that you know the the people that you know that actually go and help to serve those communities. My heart goes out to them, you know, just as much as my heart goes out to the animals that are affected as well. Like yes. that's really, really great work that they're that they're doing. So mm -hmm. very cool. Yeah, to I hear. agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so now that we're moving on from like you know the heartfelt stuff, let's talk about mm -hmm. some food because you know that kind yes. of impacts us too in certain what? ways with our heart as well. So. So let's talk diets for just a second, just because you're a dietitian. And I'm just very curious to kind of get your take on all of the different diets that are available to everybody. We see this, you know, over the decades when we look back. I mean, there's so many revolving diets, right? They just, they, they come and go and they change names or forms somehow and they just get rebranded. And so now, we're seeing some of the popular ones today because this is like the end of 2019, like keto is the big thing. People are still talking paleo and all of that stuff. What's your take on all of this as far oh as my goodness, diets Stephanie. are concerned? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many diets and there is honestly just so much misinformation out there when it comes to diets. And, and you're right. Like we as a society latch on to these headliner diets that are just super captivating. And, you know, there's a lot of products associated with it. I mean, it's a billion dollar industry for a reason. I mean, these, these diets, these brands make a lot of money and they prey off of our insecurities, which is mm -hmm. so unfortunate. Uh, and so, yes, we could talk about this forever, but I, as a whole, there is a lot of misinformation out there and people just don't really know what to think. They think, okay, yeah, keto, it's a new thing. People are talking about it. They're having success with it. But then it's like, well, you have to look at the long-term effects of this diet or any diet in particular, you know, no quick fix is going to set you up for the rest of your life. That's the problem. And so that's um, what I work a lot with just what I post on social media and what I work on with my clients. It's like, you have to look at lifestyle changes, not just a quick fix diet that you feel like is going to get you over this hump, whether it's weight loss or some sort of chronic disease you're struggling with. There is no quick fix to health. It is a long-term commitment. And all the diets that are out there, it is just, it blows my mind. There is no one diet for diabetes. There's no one diet for weight loss. There's no one diet for heart disease. I feel the research has shown time and time again, that just eating more whole food plant-based, that is 
what is going to help with longevity, what's going to help with overall well-being and health. And but it's really hard to tell people it could be as simple as eating just some more fruits and vegetables, but people don't want to hear that. They want these like headliner captivating diets that promise all these amazing things in 30 days. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so and and what's so interesting too is, you know, yes, like diet and lifestyle changes, they've got to, they've got to be sustainable. It's got to be something you can, you can change to and stick to for life. Right. But, but what's, what's the general reaction that you get when somebody is told, you know, like plant-based is the way to go, you know, or at least mostly plant-based, right? What's the general reaction around that? <laughs> Some, a lot of people have a hard time with it because it's so simple but it's complicated and we want things to happen. We want that immediate gratification now. And so when someone says, you know, okay, well, let's just try and eat a few more plants every day, you know, just one step at a time. It's like, is it really that easy? You know, are you sure I don't need to buy like a supplement or a special drink or take some, you know, some special pill? It's like, no, it really can be this easy, you know, just incorporating more whole plant-based foods into your diet and honestly just adding on and it's, it's obviously got to be delicious so it's not just a matter of like I'm going to eat a carrot stick and it's going to be amazing like uh-huh. you really got to make this food like you said sustainable for you you and you have to make it good because if it's not going to taste good you're not going to want to keep doing it yeah totally totally on board with that so what would you say is like the, the most frequent question that you hear all the time in your line of work <laughs> um Definitely, where do I get my protein from? Um, it's like is, everybody's answer too, isn't, isn't it? it? <laughs> I know. And a large part of it because I am um, very involved in my CrossFit community. And so that is a, just a big question. Like, it's honestly less of like, where do you get your protein? But it's like, how do you eat so many carbs? And, you know, with like fruits and vegetables, because when people look at fruits in particular, they think, oh, that has way too much sugar in it. And so honestly, I feel like when people do ask that question, the flip side of that is like, they also want to know, well, how can I eat? so many carbohydrate rich foods. And so explaining to them that not all carbs are necessarily created equal, like there is a difference between eating an apple and eating a piece of candy, like the candy can still serve a purpose. But the apple, you know, comes with a lot of different things that are nourishing our body. And so that's definitely a big one. So and and obviously, like, and, and we know, I mean, people know, on some level that food is medicine, right? Because health is our most valuable asset, right? And and I think today people are starting to wake up. They're starting to understand that more. And so they seek out, you know, people like you that are that are actually teaching about these wholesome, nourishing ways of eating, you know, when we have this wake up call and say, okay, well, you know, my doctor just told me I'm pre-diabetic or maybe there's, you know, heart disease that runs in my family or certain, you know, people are starting to understand certain cancers are actually being, you know, those genes are being turned on by what we're taking into our body. So there's just like so many things that people are starting to wake up and understand that, okay, food is medicine. So Break down for us exactly what the benefits are for plant-based eating versus, you know, people that typically want to seek information, you know, like there's got to be like this one diet for heart disease. There's got to be this one diet for reversing type 2 diabetes. There's one diet for, you know, fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us that. What's what's the breakdown of the plant-based diet? Why is this the one way that you chose to go other than just your personal, you know, experience with your benefits? Yeah, I think that's actually a really good comment because, and how empowering is it, Stephanie, to know that like, yeah, heart disease might run in my family, but I also have a choice in the way I live my life. Like, it's not necessarily the disease runs in families, but lifestyle runs in families. Like, you know, generations sort of just repeat, you know, what grandma did, what mom did type thing. And so I feel like it's so empowering because that's something else that I hear a lot is like, oh, well, diabetes runs in my family. So, you know, I'm probably going to get it. It's like, you potentially have a choice. You really do. Like genetics is, is such a small part of the puzzle. And I feel like the greater piece is like our lifestyle in general, and not just with food, but there's like community and different aspects like that. But with kind of what you're saying, yes, like I have my own personal story when it comes to healing myself with using plants and I want to tell the world about it. But the whole thing with the plant-based diet is it does have, and it has shown time and time again, just in the research that it has the power to heal. It's been the only diet that's shown to reverse heart disease, which is so exciting. 
It, um, a carbohydrate rich diet, you know, full of, full of plants, you know, centered around fresh fruits and fresh vegetables and whole grains and legumes, like has shown to be incredibly beneficial for help controlling blood sugars, which we never would have thought possible. You know, when you think about diabetes, people still to this day, when I'm providing education, especially to my older adult community, they think that carbs are the enemy, including fresh fruits, including complex carbohydrate vegetables. And so trying to sort of undo in a way what they've learned when it comes to carbohydrates has been a big challenge. But plants in general come with so many micronutrients, which are beneficial to us, obviously. They come with a ton of water and they come with an immense amount of fiber, which is great in helping us control our cholesterol, with helping us go to the bathroom regularly, with helping create like this phenomenal gut bacteria that again helps with like digestion and everything like that. And even like to mental health as well. Like there's so many connections and so many benefits to eating a whole food plant-based diet that it just makes me so excited. It's just, it's just really cool to, um, to not only just speak about personally, but just also help other people throughout that journey as well, can, you know, go to a plant-based diet and thrive off of it. Girl, we have that in common, man. That makes my soul just sing <laughs> oh. to hear somebody else say the words that I'm thinking right now. So that's so mm -hmm. perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and nutrition, you know, remains like one of the most like misinterpreted and most confusing sciences of our generation right now, you know, despite all of the technical advances that we've had, you know, in, in health and, uh, and medicine. So why do you think that is? Why is this just so confusing for people? That, that is such a great question. And I will say there are over 100,000 journals published on nutrition every year. Over 100,000. I mean, that is so much information and it is so hard just in general for professionals to take that information and convey it to the public let alone the public grabbing hold of that information i mean most of us don't know what to do with all that and can you imagine i mean a hundred thousand different studies published every year and a lot of them don't say the same thing in fact a lot of them say the opposite of one another which mm -hmm. is so confusing and so it's really hard to navigate and sift through all of that and follow the money when it comes to studies and, you know, figure out, okay, well, who's sponsoring the study or, you know, why is the study saying what it is? It's really tough because there is so much information out there. And I feel like even professionals who we seek advice from when it comes to our health, don't quite know how to convey the message clearly as well, which is also very confusing. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I know that today we're very fortunate to see that Dr. T. Colin Campbell, you know, as far as plant-based nutrition is concerned, you know, he's partnered with eCornell to, to be able to get that information and that education out there into the world, which is so amazing. But like, you know, when you were going through school to become, you know, a nutritionist, the typical landscape as far as what's being taught in nutrition in our education system, right? It, it doesn't really focus on one particular modality, does it? It absolutely does not. And it's interesting you say that because I was reflecting with one of my colleagues who went to the same school that I did to become a dietitian um, just a few days ago. And we were talking about about like, I asked her, I was like, did you learn about food being a form of medicine in school? Because I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. And we were talking about, you know, yes, we learned that this diet helps with this certain chronic disease. This diet can help manage this acute disease. But we really didn't understand or get taught that food can prevent these diseases. Not just, yes, they can manage them because they can, but they can also prevent them as well, or at least we can try as hard as possible to prevent these certain diseases. And so it's really interesting, like someone who goes to school for nutrition to become a dietitian, to help other people, you know, learn about food and its, and its impact on health. I mean, we're not even learning about the massive impact that food has as a form of medicine, let alone other professionals in the field. And so it was just really interesting because I'm about nine years out of school. It was just interesting to reflect back on that. Yeah. And um, it really wasn't until I started doing my own research did I come to fully grasp how food can be such a powerful form of medicine? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see, you know, and in, in, I know like with the explosion of plant-based options that are becoming available today for people, so more people are becoming aware, you know, that plant-based is kind of the way to start leaning more towards. And, and we kind of have to, we're in a position right now with 
with what's being done to the planet, right? That we we have to start moving in this general direction as far as plant-based eating is concerned. Not that it's always like the healthiest option, but at least, you know, because like Right. We get Burger King. They've got, you know, the, <laughs> the, the vegan Whopper now, you know, we've got a KFC with the imposter sandwich. We've got these options that are becoming available today, but there's, you know, whether, whether somebody's into health or not, at least we're seeing the plant-based, you know, arena starting to grow and, yes. and it's really necessary, which is really cool. So being that you are known as the plant-centered prep Right, which is so mm -hmm. cool. Um, so break down for us meal planning, right? Demystify a little bit of this whole like, you know, when it comes to transitioning, when somebody's finally realized, okay, I need to include more plants and I got to start crowding out these animal-based products. You know, what does that look like for somebody that's just starting out? Yes, this is the best too. This makes me so <laughs> excited. Uh, so when someone's coming to me or just in general is wanting to transition over to a plant-based diet for whatever reason, I, I like to sit down with them and be like, okay, well, what are you already doing? What are you already really proud of when it comes to eating plants in general? What are you doing right now that you feel like is going really well? And so I love hearing those responses because when people start reflecting on what they're eating, some people are already incorporating a lot of plants, but they just don't think about it. There's not a lot of intention behind it. And so it's like, okay, well, we talked about that. Now, what can we do to sort of improve upon that, to add upon it? And so when they tell me what they're already doing well and what they feel confident in, it's like, all right, well, let's tweak one thing. Literally, it's not, we're not tackling everything all at once because it's too overwhelming. And like I said, like, and like you're talking about, we want to make this as sustainable as possible because it's a transition. Some people can do it overnight. I definitely don't want to dismiss that because some people are, are great at that. But for most people, the transition needs to be sustainable, like we're talking about, and it needs to obviously taste super delicious as well. So when someone's thinking about transitioning over, not only do we focus on, okay, what are they already doing well, but what can we sort of tack on? Like what's one meal that we can work on to make mostly plant-based, if not 100% plant-based, and then go from there. So meal prepping is a big part of that, and it's what I encourage, because if someone really wants to do this, they have to plan for it. Because our society, most of us don't grow up eating plant-based or vegan. And so we can fall back into those old habits very easily. So if I'm trying to switch my breakfast over from eating eggs to maybe eating oatmeal, you know, if I don't plan in advance and buy my breakfast for the week, then it's really easy for me to be at the grocery store thinking, oh, I don't know what to do. And then just go for the eggs again. So what I like to do is incorporate meal planning into the process so that people are basically set up for success for the week. So basically picking one meal that they can prep and basically continue the rest of their meals as is and then continue to tack on to that and eventually, you know, over the weeks transition over to a fully plant-based diet and without them like having to really notice or like they're being like any feeling like they're missing out on anything because yeah. kind of like what you said, we're kind of just pushing out the meat and dairy, but not super intentionally. What we're doing is really we're just adding in more fruits and vegetables, and that just somehow weeds out the meat and dairy without you like really, really noticing. Yeah, totally. So give us an idea of like, say, you know, when you're working with somebody that is just starting to make that transition and they've identified, okay, well, here's where my wins are. You know, I actually like apples, you know, not a lot of people, you know, that are really used to like rich foods. I know I didn't grow up liking apples. I did not like apples at all, but my taste changed over time. But like, say when somebody's just starting out, like what, what would you say is like the typical sort of breakfast, lunch, dinner, and maybe a snack thrown in there? What does that look like for the newbie? Mm -hmm. That's yeah, that's great. So for breakfast in particular, I like to give them the option of oatmeal because usually it's pretty familiar to people. But just like that salad you were talking about earlier, where it's like, it's just iceberg lettuce and some ranch dressing. It's like, okay, oatmeal doesn't really taste that great when it's just oats and water. So we need to make sure that what we're eating is delicious, not only just like beautiful with our eyes, also with our taste as well. So taking that oatmeal bowl and making sure we're adding in like some fresh fruit or some fresh berries, nuts, seeds, and maybe like a really good plant milk that you love to make it a really well-rounded, satiating breakfast, not something that is just oats and water, which is what I grew up on and I couldn't stand oatmeal. So but now <laughs> I make these oatmeal bowls that are fantastic and I eat oatmeal almost every morning. So 
that's typically something because it's easy and because it can be quick or because you can make it in advance for the entire week. Oatmeal is something that I typically recommend for breakfast. And then for lunch, honestly, it just depends on the person, but I like to recommend like one pot meals that are really easy for them to make like in the instant pot or the crock pot and they can just take to work with them really easily. So whether it's like a coconut curry or maybe like a, a rice and bean dish, something that's really simple, really attainable, um, and also really delicious that so they can throw in some like avocado and some fresh tomatoes or salsa for their week. And then snack, I always recommend, you know, try to stick to whole foods if you can. Obviously, if you're on the go, like grabbing a bar or something is completely fine. But try and pack a banana or try and pack an apple with like a peanut butter pack or something um, or some nuts and seeds to make it really easy. And two, it's kind of equivalent to an apple in particular. It's kind of equivalent to like having a cup of coffee in the afternoon. So apples have shown to give you that boost of energy that you need to sort of get you over that two o'clock hump. And so recommending some form of like fresh fruit where it's full of water, it's full of micronutrients to help, you know, get you through the rest of the day is something that I recommend. And then dinner, it's like, we've got to make it fun. We've got to make it familiar too. So if you're used to having like your meat, potatoes and your vegetable, let's see if we can replicate that, but with something that you find really appealing. So whether it's like, we're going to make baked tempeh and have some, you know, vegan mac and cheese and like some veggies on the side, something that is still familiar and then we'll build upon it from there to do like more like a little more complicated dishes rather yeah girl i knew i was going to start getting hungry when talking to <laughs> you and dude like my stomach is just like okay now i need some vegan mac and cheese like yeah. right now like stat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally okay cool now of course i'm going to get hungrier because i really want to peel back like what Thanksgiving looks like for somebody that's wanting to, you know, maybe this is their first year or maybe they're just, you know, like they just want to start toying with the idea of like what a Thanksgiving menu looks like, you know, and, and what that looks like sharing it with family and what's like the real experience here. Cause I, I think like from the beginning when you and I were having our little pre-chat, there might be some challenges there. So first let's talk about the meal and then let's talk about what are some of the challenges that the newbie can expect to experience when getting together with loved ones when it's all plant-based. So what does the meal look like? Definitely, I love this because what a better way to showcase like your transition to a more plant-based lifestyle than like bringing a plant-based dish to your family gathering, your friends gathering, whatever it is. Totally. And so, yeah, it's like, I would start planning in advance. So, you know, start thinking now, okay, what can I make or create that is super delicious and something that I can really showcase, but that's still plant-based and gosh, some people might not even know that it's plant-based, which is kind of fun too. So, yeah, that is the fun one. <laughs> uh, I've definitely done that before, and I'm like, oh, you're eating something that's vegan, and you have no idea. <laughs> so, Sneaky! <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I I particularly love bringing a vegan mac and cheese to my Thanksgiving. Um, it depends on, you know, what you're, what you're wanting to do, but definitely just thinking in advance of something really delicious and yummy that you can create. So kind of picking out a recipe now. You can practice a time or two if you want, but definitely, yeah, just showcasing that meal to the rest of your family is a really um, great idea. So like, what's like one, one dish that comes to mind that might be easy for somebody to think, you know, that they could, they could make and, and take to the family? So there are a couple recipes. There are really good, like sweet potato casserole type recipes out there that you have. No, I mean, you really don't know that it's plant-based. So that, that's really incredible. And even a lot of mac and cheese recipes out there that are made with like a cashew cheese or like with some carrots to give it some color. Um, there's a lot of great mac and cheese recipes out there that I love. Also too, like if you're into stuffing, like you can make stuffing plant-based so easily by using veggie broth and not putting oysters in it if that's what like your family or friends used to do. Um, yeah. so there's a lot of great recipes out there. Yep. And then like, what would you say maybe is like, um, you know, maybe a couple of ideas for like, say the centerpieces, right? So if we're replacing the the turkey, you know, as the centerpiece, what could a centerpiece be that's that's totally plant-based? Because I know there's tons of options and I've like flip-flopped, you know, every holiday I try a different centerpiece, but what are some of the ones that you would recommend? Yeah, there are so many good ideas out there these days. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, last year I made these, uh, like mushroom risotto type. Oh, they were kind of like falafels. So they were just like a bunch of like mushroom balls, basically like on this like beautiful platter. And I made a 
um, like a chutney to go with it out of pears and cranberries. And so mm. not only was it like something that was super satiating because it was like mushrooms and rice and risotto or different things, but it also was very visually appealing as well because of the vibrancy of like the chutney that went with it. Um, so that's one thing. Goodness, Stephanie, I've seen like vegan um, like turkeys out there, like little balls yeah. of, um, I can't remember who makes them, but uh, Do you mean like tofurkeys yes. or like the field roast ones? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pretty yeah. remarkable what you can find in the grocery store. And that too, like it comes, like there's some really great gravies out there that you can buy pre-made um, yeah. that go with the turkey as well. So I feel like there's kind of a lot of different things you can play around with to make really fun and delicious. Yeah, totally. I know that when I get the the opportunity to cook from home, if I'm staying home for the holidays, I know I love just just trying something new, trying different recipes. I've done like, you know, different like um, basted, you know, marinated like cauliflowers as sort of a oh, centerpiece, yeah. you know, and dress that up with a bunch of different colorful vegetables and usually have like a mushroom gravy on the side that goes with like some, you know, colorful roasted potatoes, things like that, you know, yeah. um, kind of like making it that hearty looking meal. And then but, but like what you were saying, like with the field roast, you know, um, uh, or turkey roast or mm -hmm. whatever, you know, that that's already pre-made in the store that kind of like replaces that turkey meat, so to speak. You know, some of them actually come stuffed with like a cranberry stuffing yeah. and things like that. They come with the gravy and all that. And these are really good options that I've utilized too when I'm traveling. So my family live up in Tennessee. So when I go to Tennessee, you know, fortunately they have um, an earth fair in their area. But aside from that Earth Fair, you know, like right now, plant-based, it's sort of up and coming in that area. But, you know, a few years ago, there was like nothing but the Earth Fair, right? Yes. And so I was just so grateful for that one store so that I could just go there and they would have like some uh, some already pre-made side items that were just naturally vegan. So like roasted Brussels sprouts with garlic and, you know, like some, uh, there would usually be some other like like a vegan mac and cheese or something like that. But I could get a couple of those side dishes. I could get the field roast, you know, the, the little turkey, whatever that little centerpiece item yeah. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and it's small, but, you know, like when I go and, you know, spend that holiday with my family, you know, they'd be interested to try it, you know, which is really cool to see, you know, just so they understand that, you know, there is an alternative there. Sure. But you know, with family, they don't always understand, like they're looking at this as a fake meat. They're looking at like all these other, um, you know, vegan options. It's like, they're excited that, you know, like, okay, so the Brussels sprouts, yeah, they taste good. The potatoes, oh, those taste good, you know, like, but, uh, but, you know, we've always done it this way because it's grandma's old recipe. And so we're going to stick to this. So then what's been your experience like with your family when you come up into those kind of conversations? That is really, it's really tough because, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for about seven years now and, you know, there's always a comment that's made or something that happens. And, and I've learned just in experience that I let it, I let it go. Like it's okay because that it's not me that is the comment is necessarily coming towards. But when I go into these situations, I do like bringing these amazing, delicious dishes, obviously. And at the same time, like, I know too, and this is what I teach my clients, like we don't have to justify to anybody why we're choosing to eat this way. We can, we have that opportunity, but I don't want anyone to ever feel pressured like they have to defend the way that they're eating. Um, mm -hmm. we, we by no means have to do that. But if you want to, just know that like, it's definitely important to do it out of kindness as much as possible. Because I was telling you earlier, you know, even this year we're having some issues with family not wanting to come over because we eat plant-based and our food is vegan, even though I think it's like the most delicious food ever, you know, there's still yeah. some qualms with it. So just going in with confidence and going in with knowing that, you know, people have their opinions, you know, this is oh, food in particular is someone's identity or it can be, you know, people hold very strongly to what they believe when it comes to eating and we all eat, so we all have an opinion about it. Um, so just kind of going in with confidence and, and enjoying yourself and, yeah, that's kind of the recommendation that I would give the most. Yeah, no, I think that makes so much sense too, you know, and, um, and not going in feeling like you're like, you know, at, at war with other family members, just because maybe you've, you, you grew up eating a particular way. And then all of a sudden you decided to follow this different path, this, you know, and, and particularly when it comes to plant-based or, or vegan lifestyle, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of family members can, you know, and, and friends too, you know, just 
people in general, you know, it's just kind of our human nature to kind of feel a sense of like, you know, okay, so are you saying that you're a little bit more righteous than me? Like, you know, like, like, it kind of comes with this sense of like, there's the self righteousness sort Mm -hmm. of title going on there. And it's, and it's so not I mean, I know that there there are some people that are extremely passionate about animal welfare, they're extremely passionate about the environment. And you know, these are things that we really want to help educate more people on. But when it comes to the holidays where we're all sharing a table together, we're all sharing a meal together, I just really want to help promote more kindness and happiness around this joyous occasion because really we're all human and we're all just here to enjoy each other's company, you know, during the holidays. So I really love that advice. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. I think being, you know, being around family and friends is definitely a privilege. And so being able to enjoy that time without getting into the nitty-gritty of things if you don't have to um, can be helpful. And then maybe have a conversation later, you know, if, if that's if that's what people really truly want to um, learn more about, you know, you and your lifestyle. Like it's definitely kind of like what you said, a great opportunity to share where you're coming from. You're not coming from a selfish, uh, self-righteous position, but you're coming at this from, com- you know, out of compassion and just maybe for your own health and well-being. And I think it's great that we can have that opportunity to share that with others as well, because you just never know what a conversation will lead to. Exactly. That's such a great point too. Such a great point. So many of my conversations, fortunately, that I would be nervous about as like, say, a new vegan have actually turned into some really amazing opportunities for other people to kind of take a look at what they're doing and and make some adjustments, you know, which is really cool to see. It's really, really awesome to see that we can have this positive impact on on people just by having that warm, friendly sort of a, you know, people want to gravitate towards us and, and you know, say, hey, what is, what is it that you're doing? What is this all about? This whole, you know, plant-based thing? Like, it actually tasted pretty good. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> yep. like, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So then, um, so as far as your coaching is concerned, I know you got a really great website, right? It's very informational. It's got a lot of testimonials on there of people that work with you. So tell us a little bit about like, who do you mostly work with? Who gravitates towards you to to help, you know, transition to this plant-based lifestyle and and learn about meal prepping? Yeah, so I work primarily people who are looking honestly just to eat more plant-based or something is going on in their life, they just don't feel good, they're having low energy, like and they just need someone to help guide them in the direction of just simply helping them feel better. And when they reach out to me, obviously that means eating more plant-based. So that's what they end up signing up for when they work with me. And it's, it's really exciting because even when people come to me, you know, maybe not initially wanting to transition over to like a fully plant-based lifestyle, we start heading in that direction. And the more they do it and the more they start feeling better, the more they're like, okay, there actually is something to this, even though it's, it's not initially what they were anticipating. Um, and so, yeah, so I help people transition over to a plant-based diet or honestly just clean up maybe their their vegan diet so whatever they're kind of wanting to do you know yes we can eat you know primarily plant-based but it might not be serving us fully we might not be still feeling the greatest and so just make helping them make some tweaks um, to make sure that they are meeting their needs uh, to the fullest is something that I love doing so it's a lot of fun Fantastic. I know. I love feeling your energy coming off of that. It's so cool. It makes me like want to work with you and I am pretty darn good. And I actually teach vegan nutrition, but I'm like, man, I need to work with Ashley just because she's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Plus I found one of your videos on YouTube too, where, um, you know, cause I love tempeh bacon. I love making tempeh bacon. I was watching you make yours and I'm just like, dude, like I got to try Ashley's way. Cause that looks cool Uh, too. (laughs) That's a great like showcase for your Thanksgiving meal too. I was having some tempeh bacon or some tempeh steak. So yeah, tempeh is totally. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Very cool. The meal planning process is obviously part of that too, because I I try to help because the people have goals in mind, they need to plan for them. And so, you know, it's like when you fail to plan, then you plan to fail type thing. And so helping them incorporate consistent meal planning into their lifestyle helps them stick to their goals and helps make plant-based eating a lot easier too. Yes. Very cool. So then where can people find you online and reach out to you to go a little bit deeper with what it is that you teach and to maybe even work with you? Where can they find you at? I love connecting with people on Instagram. I answer all of my DMs and I just, I love connecting with people on that platform. So I'm plant centered prep um, on Instagram. And then my website is 
plantcenteredprep.com. And I have an application on there. If people are interested in working with me, I also have a uh, one week meal plan that if people are interested in meal prepping for the week, that's something that they can download and try out to see if it serves them best. Uh, and then also my email is ashley at plantcenteredprep.com. So people are welcome to email me as well. Awesome. So perfect. All right, Ashley, it's been so amazing talking to you. I love your energy. I love your advice. I love everything about you. So uh, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Yeah, thanks, Stephanie. I have loved being on here and talking with you. I, I just, this is such a, a wonderful topic. And I think no matter where people come from in their lifestyle, um, no matter, you know, what it's like, it's so cool to see people just wanting to eat more plant-based and wanting to pursue this lifestyle. And, you know, no matter when it happens, the fact that it's happening at all is just super exciting. So it's been a blast talking to you about it. Totally. It's such a blast talking to you too, Ashley. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. I appreciate it, Stephanie. That was Ashley Kitchens, registered dietitian and founder of Plant Centered Prep. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area on November 7th, that's 2019, Ashley will be speaking at the Remedy Food Project Conference. I'll slide the link into the show notes so you can catch up with her there. Also, be sure to check out and grab your free meal plan from her website, plantcenteredprep.com. And follow her on Instagram at plantcenteredprep. When you do, be sure to tell her you heard about her here on the Eating Like You Give a Damn podcast. If you like this episode, please consider leaving a review in iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on new episodes, which release on the first and third Mondays of each month. If you're looking for vegan-friendly support and recipes, request to join our Facebook group of Rebels at eatinglikeyougiveadam.com forward slash group. Thank you so much for hanging out with me and Ashley today. And until next time, veg on, rebels.